and he reaches in his bag and he just slowly pulls out a gun. So I find out that there's a gun on campus here at my school and then there's a gun on campus at a second school and I don't know what they're doing. The last thing I remember seeing like was his face smiling at me and then holding the gun in his hand. From HV Studio, this is Unnerved. Welcome back to the Unnerved Podcast, where normal people share their abnormal stories. And if you enjoy true stories of the strange and terrifying, then you're in the right place. I'm your host, Chris Fricky. You're in high school, and it's a typical weekday morning. Wake up around 6, get dressed, grab a quick breakfast, and jump on the bus. When the bus arrives at school, you head to class, small talk with your friends, and sit down for classes. This is your typical high school morning. It's nothing out of the ordinary, and you've done this routine hundreds of times before. But today, there is something different. In your school, there is someone with a motive and a tool to execute it. A tool that not only defends, but in the wrong hands, can destroy. You may not notice the signs until it's too late. But if you could stop it, would you? In today's story, Savannah was faced with a decision a decision to be brave in the face of danger and to stand up for what was right, even at the risk of being harmed herself. This is her story. I think I was 14, just turning 15. Um, I was in foster care at the time, had kind of like moved around between like shelters and stuff like that. I finally got put into a foster home in Southwest Houston. It was the first one I got to go to, and it was in the middle of the part of the state where I'd never been before. And I started going to high school there. And that part of Houston was particularly like more ghetto than like, I guess, other parts. And so the school was not the best. It was just, it was it was a really, really rough school to go to. I was like one of the only white kids there. And so they would kind of like pick on me, which it didn't bother me that much, but basically I didn't, I didn't make friends with a lot of people. I met this guy, we will call him David. He was a lot like me, like we were instantly pretty much attracted to each other. I was the I was the emo kid and he was the emo guy and stuff and we dressed the same, like the same music and stuff. For some reason something in me kept telling me to not date him, like there's something off about him. So I spent a lot of time with him and then I was forced to go into 
it's kind of like Alcoholics Anonymous, but it's it's for teenagers. I was forced to go because of CPS and my caseworker and stuff. So I'm going to these meetings, working on getting myself together. I'm going, I'm going, and then I'm still hanging out with him. But as time goes on and the more time I spent with him, I just slowly like watched his health deteriorate. His mental health just got so dark. He ended up meeting the one chick at that meeting that I hated. Like he somehow went, like found the meeting that I went to and somehow they met there. I don't really know how that happened. He ended up with this chick and they ended up dating. And she gets extremely jealous of me. I was watching his mental health deteriorate. He would have like outbursts, he would get into fights. I mean, he he was into some really, really dark And it scared me and it scared me away from him a little bit because I just, I couldn't be with somebody like that. I just, I just knew the whole time that there was something wrong with him. I'm sitting there in the hallway with him one morning and I was like, I need you to get better. You're scaring me. I'm afraid you're gonna do something stupid and you're my friend and I need you to try to get help. He kept getting in trouble, kept getting kicked out of school. One day I'm walking home from school and I get a call from uh, his girlfriend and she's freaking out. She's saying that he got jumped on the way home from some kids at school. And so she's screaming and crying in my ear and I'm like, well, just hang up the phone and call the cops or something or go help him. Cause I didn't like, I didn't have my car with me and I, and I literally had to get home and I had to help take care of one of my foster sisters. So he goes missing for a couple of days and then he comes back to school and he has like, it looks like he had his lip had been busted and maybe like a little bit of bruising under the eye. He walks up to me and he's like, I'm done letting people with me. I'm like, what do you mean? And he reaches in his bag and he just slowly pulls out a gun. So I like grabbed his wrist and I shoved the gun back in the bag. I was like, what the are you doing? Like, I, I just, I was scared because I didn't know what he was going to do. I didn't know what was going to happen, what, where his mind was at. You know, he had been tripping on LSD and doing synthetic, you know, like the K2 stuff. I mean, he's like, it's just for protection. I need to protect myself. Just don't worry about it. I'm just going to, I'm going to make sure we're all protected. Da, 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 you, me, and her. And I was like, what do you mean her? And he was like, well, uh... Nancy brought a gun to school too. I was like, what the f- do you mean? Because she went to a completely different school. Like a, a, it was like a private school or something on the other side of the city. So I find out that there's a gun on campus here at my school. And then there's a gun on campus at a second school. And I don't know what they're doing because they've been so like out of their minds lately. Like they were toxic for each other and like everything just like fell apart. He like smiled at me really creepily when he finally like put the gun away. He just smiled at me. He's like, I trust you. I know you won't tell anyone. I was like, yeah, no, I won't. I was not the type to snitch, right? I was never the popular kid. You know, I always hung out with the the burnouts, the stoners, you know, the emos, all that. I still have people telling me their deepest, darkest secrets and they know it's safe with me because they know I don't judge. But 
this time it was different because I didn't know if they were gonna try to go like shoot up the school I didn't know if, if it really was for protection I, I don't know if he wanted to go shoot a math teacher for giving him a bad grade I just didn't know the last thing I remember seeing like was his face smiling at me and then holding the gun in his hand so I, I run down the stairs. I literally ignore the receptionist and she's like, hey, you can't just go in there. And I just open the principal's door. And so I tell him, I was like, there's two guns on two different campuses. I can give you their names. I, I don't know what they're going to do. Somehow for him, like the school never went into lockdown, which I'm really surprised that it didn't. They had me go somewhere else and then they somehow convinced him to come to the office and apparently he wasn't freaked out or anything. All I know is that they found the gun on him. He got suspended. I don't even think he got arrested. So somehow they got him in the office. He gets kicked out. His mom comes and picks him up. And then I find out that whatever weapon she had, apparently hers was the real deal because she got straight up arrested while she was eight months pregnant. They arrested her, but they didn't arrest him. So I don't know if maybe his was a BB gun and it just looked like, because it did look like a real handgun. I mean, it literally looked like a handgun or his mom basically bailed him out somehow. It's super easy to make a plastic gun look real. You don't know for sure if it was real or not. Like it could have been. Well, everybody was saying it was a BB gun for him and a an actual pistol for her is what I was told. When I looked at it though, it looked real. I mean, when, when I was younger, I would go shooting and stuff. I know she got arrested because that's when he, he, when he finally came back to school, he started flipping out and trying to fight me and stuff. Whether David had a real gun or not is unclear. But police were able to arrest Nancy and confiscate a real handgun. Whether their intentions were self-defense or to initially harm other classmates, a mentally unstable person should never be in possession of a gun. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Because of Savannah's quick actions, potential victims may have been saved that day. But as we all know, not all school shootings are prevented. It began as an ordinary school day, and it was almost over when gunfire erupted this afternoon. Just as the school day was ending, the shooting started. This cell phone video captured the gunfire and the screams of the high school students trapped inside their classrooms. Hurry, I'm coming out to the east side with the casualty and ambulance standing by critical casualty. The sight of what's become an all too familiar panic of students fleeing hands raised in single file, only matched by the images of armed tactical police racing into the building looking for the gunman. From the air, emergency crews could be seen tending to the wounded, dressing their wounds. We're coming out with one injured person. He's shot. We've had uh, approximately 14 people 
transported to area hospitals with varying degrees of injuries. The description of the subject is going to be a white male laughing, wearing a burgundy shirt. The sheriff says the alleged gunman was captured off campus. He was seen surrounded by police being placed into custody. There's the guy being put in the back of the car. He was taken into custody, I believe, about an hour after he commi committed this horrific, homicidal, detestable act. I don't know how we're alive. For like 30 minutes, we were just like praying and crying, and, and then the police came and we just got out. The media tends to focus more on the villains who commit this crime, which is giving them exactly what they wanted, attention. In today's episode, I'd like to make famous the names of the victims and tell the stories of the heroes who have prevented these acts of terror. Next tonight, the newly released video of The Takedown, a gunman on a college campus in Seattle. One person killed, two wounded, and the hero student tackling the shooter as he was reloading. This isn't an action movie, but real-time video of what a hero actually looks like. The just-released surveillance video from 2014 shows alleged Seattle Pacific University gunman reloading his shotgun inside the school. Three students have already been shot when, right there, John Meese, a 22-year-old senior at the time, dashes out in bare feet and pepper sprays him right in the face. Wrestling the gun from Ibarra's hands, Meese runs to put it out of reach. Then, amazingly, Meese returns and rushes Ibarra a second time, even though he's holding a knife. These are people that are prepared to kill as many people as possible, so you're going to have to act, and you're going to have to act fast. One student was killed and two injured in the attack, but if not for Meese, risking his own life, officials can only imagine what the toll might have been. The student hero is as modest as he is brave. Despite lots of awards and praise, he continues to put all of the focus back on the victims. The shooter may be on the second level. Investigators say the suspect went to the school's second floor hallway and pulled out the rifle, which jammed. As he grabbed the handgun, 15-year-old Sam Strahan tried to intervene, but was shot twice and died. Strahan is being remembered as a hero. He was always smiling around the halls, super nice kid. Three other students were also shot in the attack. They're all recovering. The suspect's family released a statement offering condolences. It's very difficult, but uh, they're good, loving people, and that's why they have tried to reach out to the community to let everyone know that they're not just concerned about themselves, they're concerned about everybody. Authorities say the shooting spree came to an end when janitor Joe Bowen ordered Sharp to the ground and held him there until a deputy arrived. And I have no doubt in my mind that Joe Bowen was a big reason why things weren't worse than they actually turned out. This morning, new video shows the tense moments a Portland High School football coach disarmed a student roaming the campus with a loaded shotgun. The powerful surveillance footage obtained by ABC station K2 shows Coach Keenan Lowe walking out of the classroom, one hand on the gun, the other on the student. Lowe handing that shotgun off and hugging the 18-year-old. You see Lowe talking with Angel Granados Diaz as he slowly backs them away from the classroom. Students then running out, Lowe holding Granados Diaz until police closed in. I need uh, rifle operators to start heading towards Park Rose. Once we heard that there was a gun, everybody just started panicking more, like people were crying and people were, like shaking. 
Following this shooting scare in May, police and students praised Lowe as a hero. He put his life at danger for us. The former star player for the Oregon Ducks then talking with Good Morning America about those nerve-wracking moments. I lunged for the gun and, and we both had the gun. We had four hands on the gun and, you know, students are running out of the back of the classroom. Um, you know, and I'm just trying to make sure that the, the end of the gun isn't pointing towards where the students are running. Low crediting his instincts for his courageous response that many believe may have prevented another school tragedy. For me, there was, there was no time for, for fear or even to, to think. Everything happened so fast and, and it was the, the longest fraction of a second of my life. I remember talking to that coach and he had such a big heart because he really had a lot of concern for the student you yep. see in the video. Yep. That embrace afterwards, the really incredible. Yep. It's an incredible mix of action and compassion. Definitely. I pray that none of us are in a situation as unnerving as this. I wish I could say we've come together as a country and have found a solution to end school shootings but we're not there yet. And I don't have the answers, but I will say this. Like Savannah, if you see a threat, you can also save lives by reporting it. Don't ignore the warning signs. And when you see anything suspicious, speak up. Your foster sisters were going to school there too, right? Yeah, yeah, they were. I mean, clearly, Better safe than sorry. It looked like a real gun. You know, obviously what you did was right, reporting it. Like I thought of like a thousand different things that could go wrong with him having that gun in his hand and the mental state that he was in. Cause he, I mean, he, he, he had been going psycho for, for a bit. That was like the first time in my life where I actually felt like I had to go tell somebody when somebody's going off the rails like that and you've been watching them, their minds just deteriorate for weeks and months like I'm pretty sure you do the same thing because you don't want to get shot you don't want your your family to get shot your teachers all that there's a lot of things in my life that I regret but that I could not risk my life for anybody else's it wasn't worth it just to keep quiet because oh I like him if they have a gun in their hands and you don't know what they're about to do you can get help that's what you have to do a common thread that I've noticed with these tragic events is that the shooters tend to come from homes lacking love. They were also looked at as strange and were typically victims of bullying. I encourage you to look around and pay attention to those that are clearly outcasts and need a friend. We can't solve this issue today, but we can start by showing compassion, love, and acts of kindness to those around us. Thanks for listening to Unnerved. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and family and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Next on Unnerved. There was a big tree and there was a noose hanging from one of the branches. 
and we can hear this noise like it's just kind of everywhere like all around us it wasn't like it was coming from a certain area we can hear my father and he is running really fast and he's screaming to get in the truck and we're scared like i've never seen my father scared before share your story by writing the unnerved podcast at gmail.com Follow us on social media at Unnerved Podcast. Thanks for listening.